Samadhi Rush, a Sunrose Yoga production. Reveal and remember your sacred nature through the practice of yoga. The mission of this podcast is to share the teachings of yoga in an accessible way and to hold space for meaningful discussion. To learn more, please visit sunroseyoga.com. The podcast is made possible by the generous donations of students. If you practice with us here, please consider making a one-time or recurring donation at sunroseyoga.com. Thank you. Hi everybody, it's Kelly. Welcome to episode 136. Today I am sharing a full-length class with you. We go deep into the hips, the inner hip, the outer hip. So happy to practice with you here. Thanks everyone for getting in touch. I love reading and I, I should say I cherish reading the emails and the comments and the tweets and the messages and the messages that you send from your heart that you don't even write down. Thank you. I appreciate you. Love. One of, so we talked a little bit about this, but but just to review, there is this collection of phrases and words that are called the Yoga Sutras. And the Yoga Sutras were compiled uh, by a sage named Patanjali. And the Yoga Sutras aren't poses. They talk about the state of being that is yoga. And they talk about different ways that we can achieve or remember that state of being. And there are almost 200 of them. There are 196 where, you know, and there'll be short little phrases like my favorite definition of yoga, yoga chitta vritti nirodha, is yoga is seeing more clearly what is actually happening. And so it goes on and on and on like that, where, um, you know, just short, sort of confusing phrases that you could think about, each one of them for a long time. And one that I, that I come back to this year in particular, over and over and over again, is this idea that nirodaha, or stillness, which some people translate as mastery. Can you imagine? Mastery and stillness are the same thing. Um, is the result of practice for many years without attachment to a result. And, um, gosh, that's hard. And just to take it one level deeper, um, there are also some definitions of what practice means. Like, can let's just brainstorm for a minute. I promise we won't talk the whole time. But what, what do you think of when you think of practice? Repetition. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. 
the musician in me <laughs> think so. Repetition. I think that there's a Japanese term called kaizen. You know, it's in the, well, it's in the notebook. It's like continuous improvement. Ah, continuous improvement. I like that. Um, So Matthew Remsky wrote a version of the Yoga Sutras. He calls it a remix, and it's sort of postmodern and poetic, and I talk about it all the time, and I have read it many times, which is why it's like almost falling apart. And his, his definition of practice, I think, is extremely useful, especially, especially this time of year. Practice is any intentional repatterning of feelings and thoughts towards interdependence. I know that's a lot. It's kind of heavy. But the part that, that I really like is this intentional repatterning. Intentional. So today as we, as we practice... See if you can identify those moments when you're just sort of like falling into a groove. It could be a groove in the body. It could be a groove of thought, like a story you've told yourself over and over and over again. And maybe the practice will be an intentional repatterning towards presence, what's happening right now. Oh, and practice in Sanskrit is abhyasa. Abhyasa. Sanskrit's the language of yoga. So I brought the harmonium for the first time in a long time. And I thought we could make some sounds, some intentional repatterning of our idea of sound making. And I will play some notes. And you might sing them. You might sing other notes, too. And the sounds that we might make are seeds of sounds like ma and om. Maybe moo or moon. Maybe cream. And if another sound occurs to you, then make it and notice how it feels in the body.
time, let's let's start to make our way to all fours, hands on knees, table pose. And table could be on hands and knees or it can be on forearms and knees. And really take your time to like settle in, to find stability in your body, like really move around and feel your of the back and <clears throat> and let this start to happen sort of naturally and then notice if you are matching your movements up with your breaths at all just let that all sort of be a natural progression of the shapes and maybe they they won't match up but that's okay just really Move your body in a way that feels natural <laughs> to you. Notice which parts of your body seem to be guiding or steering the rest of the movements. And maybe the next time that you're exhaling, let's all press the palms of the hands into the floor and we'll round the back. So coming into cat pose. And while we're here, if you can let the back of the skull sort of soften, the jaw soften a bit, and the crown of the head become really heavy. And with a breath in, let's start to bring the body back to a neutral spine. So pressing the tailbone or turning the tailbone so it's facing straight back behind you, parallel to the earth. Maybe shifting your gaze forward and drawing the shoulders away from the ears. And from here, as you breathe out, start to move the hips toward the heels and the forehead toward the floor. Bhaktasana. And we'll just hang out in this shape for a couple of breaths. You might shift the hips from side to side. You might walk the fingertips forward on the floor and even sort of roll your shoulders in that shape. Try something. And from here, let's start to walk the left hand a bit forward on the floor so that we're lengthening the left side of the body, sending the left hip back a little bit more. And as you do that, can you press your right palm into the floor sort of mightily, creating some stability, a little bit of traction for the right side of the body. So not collapsing into the right side. 
and slowly coming back to neutral, coming back to the center. And so much of, of our work in yoga is just like this, working with seemingly opposing forces. And so then let's lengthen the right side of the body, walking the right fingers forward on the floor, extending the right hip back, and then creating some stability by pressing like the heel of your left hand into the floor so that you feel stable. Yeah, and buoyant in the left side of the body. I know it's it's super subtle. And in time we'll slowly come back to the center. And just notice any difference in sensation. And in time, we'll use a breath in to pull the body back toward table. And as you breathe out, we'll tuck the toes under and move the hips toward the heels before lifting the knees away from the floor, dropping the head into downward facing dog as we move the legs toward straight. And you might let some movements happen. Some movements might just start to happen on their own. Bending, shifting, feeling around. And, and don't be afraid of creating some of those internal, you know, conflicts um, where you're able to hold opposing forces in the body. And so we'll, we'll refine our alignment here a little bit. We'll, we'll go a little bit deeper with our downward facing dog. And so if you can organize your feet so that your heels are about the width of your sitting bones. Yeah. And with a breath out, we'll start to shift our weight forward. So you might come up onto the balls of the feet, shifting your shoulders over your wrists. And once you are there, I know it's hard, press the palms of the hands into the floor and round the back, just like we did in cat. Let the, head be, the crown of the head become heavy and the jaw become soft. And as you breathe out, press back to regular old-fashioned downward-facing dog. And let's do that like two more times, just super intentionally, where we breathe in and come up onto the tippy toes, shifting the weight forward. Shoulders come over wrists, really pressing the palms into the floor, rounding the back, and breathing out back to regular old-fashioned downward dog and let it be an exploration. Notice if there are parts of your body where this feels, you know, tricky. 
and will just sort of like objectively acknowledge that it's hard and then move on from there to seeing more clearly what's actually happening, like between the shoulder blades. Nice, oh gorgeous everybody. And so then in time, we'll come back to regular old fashioned downward facing dog. And we'll take a little bit of the weight out of the wrists by inhaling and stepping the right foot forward between the hands. And we'll lower the left knee to the earth for this work. And we'll keep the toes tucked under on the left foot. And to start, we'll just engage the left glutes. Can you send a message to the the muscles in your booty to engage, to support you as you then bring your hands to the top of the right thigh. And with a breath, we'll sweep the arms around and up. And as you breathe out, soften a little bit everywhere. And with the breath out, let's release the left arm down. Just let it dangle at your side. And as you breathe in, reach the right hand toward the sky and the left hand toward the earth. And as you breathe out, come back to neutral. And we'll do that a couple of times. Noticing like the engagements, noticing what has to happen in order for these movements to occur. And with a breath in, let's cartwheel both hands back toward the floor. And as you breathe out, we'll meander back toward downward facing dog or puppy or dolphin or table. Any of what we're doing can be done from any of those places. Nice shoulders, everybody, just gorgeous. And so for fun, we'll go back into that progression from, from down dog to a rounded plank. And if it's interesting to you, as you come forward, you might take your right knee and just sort of tap your right upper arm. If that sounds like crazy talk, which it might, we'll do it. The main action that we're concerned with is the transition from down dog to this rounded back. And in time, we'll ease back to regular old-fashioned down dog. And we'll take the pressure out of the wrists by breathing in and stepping the left foot forward, helping it forward if it wants help. And then lowering the right knee down to the floor. So we're in a low lunge. And you might elevate the hands on the blocks. 
And we'll keep the right toes tucked under and we'll actively engage the right glutes. Notice how supported you feel, maybe from the top of your right knee to the back of your left knee as you do that. We'll bring the hands to the top of the left thigh or the left knee. And with a breath, we'll sweep the arms, hands, and fingers to the sky. And as you breathe out, soften a little bit everywhere. With a breath out, let your right arm just dangle down. Let the shoulder be easy. And at the pace of your own breath, as you breathe in, reach the right hand toward earth and the left hand toward the sky. And as you breathe out, come back to neutral. And a couple of times, just like that, like we're creating imbalance and finding balance. And after the next time that you exhale back to neutral, we'll breathe in and cartwheel the hands to the earth and we'll breathe out and step back to downward facing dog or something like it. Taking your time, moving like you, feeling your way, your way around the shapes. Noticing like the parts of your body where you just sort of want to, you know, hang out. Maybe in the low back or in the elbows. And create a little bit of structure around that, a little bit of musculature, muscular engagement to support that. Maybe at the core, maybe by bending the elbows a teeny tiny bit. And so we'll transition, we'll shift from from the down dog to the rounded back plank, maybe inviting the left knee to move forward and to sort of kiss the outer upper left arm, if that would be interesting. Noticing what's happening. And from regular old-fashioned downward-facing dog, we'll find our way back to table with an in-breath. All fours. And breathe into the fullness of the back of your body. You might invite your belly button to move a millimeter closer to the spine. And with a breath out, we'll extend the left leg straight behind 
the body and press the ball of the left foot into the floor. And with a breath out, we'll start to open toward the left, pressing the right hand into the floor, bringing the left hand to the left hip. And so we'll come to a modified side plank, modified vashistasana. You might extend your left hand toward the sky. You might reach the left hand up overhead. You might be changing the kind of contact that your left foot is making with the floor. Are you pressing more into the heel or more into the ball? Yeah. Notice what's interesting here. So if there's space, and don't be afraid of putting your foot on the wall here, with the breath in, press the right hand into the floor or the block and start to lift the left foot away from the floor. <laughs> and lifting it away from the floor could be like a centimeter, so it doesn't have to you know, go all the way up to the sky. Yeah, and once you're there, can you engage with that leg? Can you flex the foot? Can you point the toes? And if you're at the to make contact with the wall and notice what that does. Good. For the last breath, sort of draw the belly in toward the spine and invite the heart to bloom. Yeah. As you breathe out, lower your left foot to the floor. Breathe in, come back to table. And as you exhale, you might make your way to devotional or child's pose or downward dog or dolphin, somewhere where you can be with the length of your spine. And you can do multiple shapes. You don't have to commit to just one. Nice, gorgeous spines, everybody. And is there a way to like soften the back of the heart? Have you noticed, particularly this time of year, maybe always, I'm just noticing it a lot right now, that you know, when we have something to do, we can harden around our upper body. You know, I don't know about you, but if I'm like working at my computer, or you know, if I'm driving and I really have to get somewhere on time, it goes straight into my shoulders. The middle back and the low back, on the other hand, just sort of slide into whatever. And so a repatterning that we might do is to support the low back with the core and to allow a little bit of softness around the shoulders and the back of the heart. Let's try that as we find our way into side two. So slowly inhale back to table. And if you learned something about what props you need on side one or whether you'd like to modify and come down to the forearms here, then do that. And in time, 
we'll breathe into the fullness of the back of the body. So that might mean drawing the belly a little bit closer to the spine and broadening from shoulder to shoulder across the back. And with another breath in, extend the right leg straight back, pressing the ball of the foot into the floor and pressing out through the heel. And as you breathe out, we'll start to open to the right, sweeping the right arm away from the earth, maybe bringing it to the hip, maybe extending the right arm toward the sky or up overhead, making deliberate contact between the right foot and the floor. And see if you can create a little bit of structure and support from for the low back by drawing the belly a bit closer to the spine and find a little ease in the upper back. And finding ease might feel like, oh, you don't have to work quite so. And in time, you might, with a breath in, start to lift your right foot away from the floor, however much makes sense for you. And you might flex the foot and point the toe. And if you're close to the wall, making contact with the wall is useful. And here still, can we find that stability in the middle of the back and ease in the upper back. It might even be starting with the hands. And with a breath in, let's slowly start to come back to regular old-fashioned table. And as you breathe out, make your way either to down dog or to child's pose or devotional and soften. And in time, we'll make our way to either table or to downward dog, wherever you like to use, whatever place you like to use as your launch pad for a lunge. And with a breath in, we'll step the right foot forward between the hands. And this could be a high lunge where the left knee is lifted or a low lunge where the left knee is on the floor. And you might sort of walk your hands to the top of the right thigh, bending the left knee a little or a lot, letting the tailbone be heavy. Drawing your shins toward the midline, so you might feel that across the top of the left thigh. And with a breath, we'll circle, sweep the arms around and up. And for a breath, let's really reach out through the fingers, reach out through your left heel. And with a breath out, let everything sort of soften at the skin, at the shoulders, 
in the ear lobes. And as you breathe in, we'll reach the hands forward and down and we'll plant the left hand on the floor or on the block right beneath the shoulder close to the left foot and we'll bring the right hand to the right hip and as you breathe in breathe into the length of your body from the center of the left heel to the crown of the head and as you breathe out start to twist to the right maybe looking right with the face and then the throat and then the chest keeping the hips stable engaging the left glutes Maybe your right hand reaches back behind you or up overhead or really up overhead toward the center of the room. And again, can we find that stability for the mid-back and freedom in the upper back? And as you breathe in, we'll release back to center, untwist. And as you breathe out, step back to down dog. On an inhalation, we'll step the left foot forward. Finding our lunge, high lunge or low lunge. Maybe bending the right knee a little or a lot. Bringing the hands to the top of the left thigh. Tailbone is heavy. Belly starts to find the back of the body. And as you breathe in, sweep the arms around and up. And as you breathe out, soften a little bit everywhere. And you might find that sort of pattern, like with your breath, as you're breathing in, that's the practice, the akhyasa. And as you breathe out, that's the releasing expectation of fruits from your labor. With the breath in, let's reach the hands forward and down. And we'll plant the right hand on the floor, right beneath the shoulder on the block and we'll bring the left hand to the left hip, breathing into the length of the body. And as you breathe out, start to twist, looking to the left with the face and the throat and the shoulders. Engaging the right glutes to support your low and mid back. And again, your left arm might reach back behind you. It might reach toward the sky. It might reach overhead. And don't be afraid about experimenting with the rotation of the shoulder. Nice. Don't be afraid to do it differently than you've ever done it before because you are already. You are different. With the breath in, let's untwist, coming back to the center, and as you breathe out, we'll step the right foot forward to meet the left, Uttanasana, standing forward. Let the crown of the head be heavy, let the back of the skull be really soft, and the jaw be soft, nice, and wide. 
Notice what's gripping, what's holding. And just bring your attention to those places. Now before we come up, since our, our gaze is sort of right here at the knees, can you invite your quads, the tops of the thighs, to lift the kneecaps? And we're talking tiny increments here. And then from there, can you engage the glutes and bend the knees a teeny tiny little bit? And as you breathe in, we'll, so, we'll sort of come up with support. You could roll up with a, with a rounded back, or you can use your legs to come up with a flat back. Do what feels best. And once you're up, you might sweep the arms, hands, and fingers to the sky. And as you breathe out, bring everything back to the heart. Shift our weight into the left foot. And again, like you can really sort of paw your foot into the floor to find your balance there. You can always come off of your mat, which is helpful, especially if you have a super squishy mat. And once the weight is there, let your gaze be off the tip of the nose, and we're looking at like everything and nothing all at the same time. lift with the breath in the right foot away from the floor almost as though you were just lifting straight up from the knee and we'll cross the right leg up and over top of the left for some of us maybe the top of the the foot will catch behind the, the calf but don't worry about that that's not the primary action here let the tailbone be heavy and let the belly start to move toward the back of the body. So you might feel a little rounded through the shoulders. That's okay. As you breathe in, let's sweep the arms to about T. And as you breathe out, bend at the elbows, coming to cactus arms. And as you breathe in, we'll draw the arms toward each other, almost like we're closing a really big book. And then we'll cross the body. So the left elbow will rest in the crook of the right arm. And the backs of the hands will touch, or the fronts of the hands will touch, depending on what feels best. Start to move the hands away from the face and soften the shoulders away from the ears. I know there's probably a lot of sensation happening in your left foot. Go to the sensation, really feel it. Now for fun, with the breath out, let's start to look with the compass point of our arms to the right. So you might just turn the compass a couple of ticks to the right. 
out, let it all go. Give that left ankle a break. Maybe find a forward fold. And then between sides, I think it's really useful to feel what's happening there. And you can do that either from standing or from lying down. And just notice, like the left side of the body and the right side. in the right foot. Make contact. And as you do, with the breath in, lift the left foot away from the floor. And in time, we'll cross the left leg over top of the body. Let the tailbone be heavy and the belly move toward the spine. And with a breath in, bring the arms out to T. And as you breathe out, bend at the elbow. And as you breathe in, start to close the book. And we'll rest the right elbow in the crook of the left arm. Gardasana. Eagle. Shoulders softening or drawing away from the ears. Elbows lifting away from the chest. With a breath out, let's add a little twist, just ticking the needle of the compass a couple of degrees to the left. And we'll breathe in and come back to center. And as you breathe out, let it all go. You know, find the spot where you can be with both sides of the body. Maybe lying on the floor, maybe resting against the wall. And in time, let's come back to table. So come back to all fours. And we'll make our way toward pigeon, Ikapata Kapotasana. So you may like to have your blanket nearby, and you may like to have blocks nearby. And to do this with, without aggression, the idea is maybe as you breathe in to rock the hips back and as you breathe out just to slide the right knee forward on the floor just so that it comes and sort of snuggles behind your right wrist. And you might tuck the left toes under and move the left knee back in space to sort of scooch it back so you have a little more room. Now you might, without, don't get too hung up about 
whether your right shin is parallel to the front of your mat or not. Because for a lot of people, that pulls us out of alignment. Instead, just sort of inchworm that foot in the general direction of your left hand. Now, take a peek back. Your left leg should be moving straight back from the hip. So if it's like pointing to one side of the room or the other, just sort of bring it back. And then with your right hand, just sort of gauge, like is there space between your booty, your right booty and the floor? And if there is, which is totally normal, stick some of your blanket in under there or stick a, a block under there so that you're not just hanging out in joint. Yeah. Keeping your right foot flexed helps things across the knee. Now, if this is intense on the knee in a way that is negative, do what Jan is doing. This is, we sort of flip the pose over onto the back, which is called figure four, or you could call it flipped over pigeon. And if the time feels right, you might start to mosey the heart toward the earth, maybe coming to rest on the elbows. And the idea here in pigeon is to work with intensity, but if there is pain in the knee, then come out. Pain is not the idea. Pain is not repatterning. That's creating a new pattern that is potentially injurious. Good, oh nice stability for the sacrum, everybody. It looks good. And so while you're here, you might go to the center of sensation, if you can find it. And when you locate the center, can you really feel what's happening there? And the more intimate you become with that sensation, you might be able to start noticing just how far out from the center you are able to feel it. And so Jan, what you might do here is can you encourage the right hip to bloom? A super subtle external rotation of the hip while you lengthen through the tailbone and soften at the shoulders. And so in time, we'll slowly start to mosey out of the shape. Noticing what you feel as you come out. And then maybe easing back to downward dog, like, oh, downward dog feels good here on the backs of the legs. Yeah, take your time. Try something. And in time, we'll find our way to side two and, and 
And if there were things that you learned about the props that you need, then use that information. And we'll approach from all fours. And again, always, if there's any question about the knee, come onto the back instead and bring the left ankle to the top of the right knee. And with the breath in, you might shift the hips back. And as you breathe out, you might slide the left knee forward on the floor. And organize the body so that your belly button and both of the hips are facing the front of your mat. And that your left hip is supported. Your left haunch is supported. So some people, it, 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 they're just sort of naturally closer to the earth. And there's no need to support. But for lots of us, like it's extremely useful. And it changes our experience of the shape. You get a nice, very well supported. Very Latino kind of way. Yeah. Now if that, let's, I'm going to make this a little deeper so that you can really sink into there. Super just wonderfully supported through the sacrum. Nice. And if you can go into like the interior landscape of your left hip and notice what's happening there. Can you from the inside feel where your left sitting bone is? And can you notice the distance from the sitting bone to the point of the left hip? And can you notice the distance from the point of the left hip to the belly button? And in time, we'll slowly start to saunter out of the shape, taking your time, moving like you, and, and then maybe pressing back to downward dog, or, <coughs> or maybe, sometimes it's nice, just to come down onto the floor, onto the belly. And in time, we'll make our way down onto the floor on the back <coughs> with knees bent and the soles of the feet on the floor. 
with a block within easy reach. And as you breathe in, we'll press the feet into the floor and we'll press the small of the back into the floor. And as you breathe out, sort of snuggle the shoulders into the earth. And as you breathe in, press the feet into the floor and we'll lift the hips just enough so that we can bring the block in its lowest position under the sacrum, so under the lowest part of your back. And for most of us, like the entire block will be, you know, at least an inch below your waistband. And you might hold on to the block or you might let the hands rest at your sides if it feels secure. And with a breath in, we'll draw the knees to the chest. And as you breathe out, we'll extend the legs toward the sky. Let there be effort and ease in every part from the toenails to the eyelashes, to the more obvious places like the shoulders and the core. Let there be a brightness in the legs. with a breath out, let's let the heels become heavy. And you might sort of rock or sway from side to side. And we'll lower the right and left foot back to the floor. And from here, as you breathe in, press the feet into the floor and we'll start to point the sitting bones or curl the sitting bones so that they're looking at the backs of the knees. And as you breathe in again, press the feet into the floor and we'll lift the sacrum away from the block and we'll just sort of slide the block out of the way. We'll turn the palms of the hands to face the sky and snuggle the shoulders into the floor. And we'll keep the, the low and mid-back protected by engaging at the belly, by just drawing the belly button the teeniest bit closer to the spine and then inviting the heart to bloom
And with an exhalation, let's start to roll down slowly. Pausing. As you breathe in, reach the arms, hands, and fingers to the sky. And as you breathe out, reach the arms, hands, and fingers up overhead. Bending enough at the elbows so that you feel ease in the shoulders. And the neck. And we'll scooch the feet a bit closer together. And the knees as well. And as you breathe out with as little effort as possible, just let the knees start to drop to the right as you look to the left. As you breathe in, bring your gaze and your knees back to the center. And as you breathe out, let the knees drop to the left as you look to the right. As you breathe in, bring everything back to the center. You might hug your knees to your chest and rock or sway. Or you might find happy baby or dead bug. <laughs> And in time, we'll start to slowly move toward our shape of rest. Taking your time. And the shape can be whatever shape is restful to you. So it could be on the back or on the belly or the side or legs up the wall, or sitting. <clears throat> and let everything settle into the bones. The bones settle into the earth.
Begin to notice the breath throughout the body. Almost as though you were breathing with your entire body. You might invite a pulsation of movement back to the hands and to the feet. And you might invite that movement to spread across the body. Lengthen and, and shorten your body and rock from side to side. space between rest and, and the next effort is a place where we can easily send and receive messages. And so if there is an intention or a, a mantra or a message that you both need to send and receive, then, then do that. You might repeat just a word to yourself and then feel it in the entire body. When the time feels right, start to make your way back to a seat.
Thank you all for sharing this space. Namaste. Thanks for listening, everyone. For all of the show notes and so much more, please visit sunroseyoga.com. Jema.